when you look in the mirror, what do you see? What is going on, Hurdle community? Emily Abadi here. You are listening to Hurdle, a wellness-focused podcast where I connect with everyone from your favorite athletes to top experts and industry CEOs about their highest highs, toughest moments, and everything in between. We all go through hurdles in life, and my goal through these discussions is to empower you to better navigate yours and move with intention so that you can stride toward your own big potential. And of course have some fun along the way. Today, I wanted to add some fun to the mix of season seven premiere week by answering a bunch of your listener questions. I've been getting so many lately. I am so appreciative of you all leaving them for me. And if you have one that you want to add to the mix, feel free to click on over to the show notes and add one by clicking leave me a voice message. I will answer it in an upcoming Hurdle listener episode. But I digress. Today, answering a bunch of your questions, super excited to talk about everything from how to keep the fun in your career, even when you're passionate about it, chatting about international travel, chatting about marathon training and recovery, how to know when to listen to your body versus when to just push through, and so, so much more. I made a bunch of big announcements in yesterday's episode, so I want to make sure I highlight those right now. First and foremost, the Hurdle membership is live. So many good questions coming in about structure and formatting, all of which are answered in the Hurdle membership frequently asked questions page. So head on over there. If you have anything else you need to know that I haven't answered, feel free to shoot an email over to hello at hurdle.us. Hurdle also has an SMS texting subscription now where you can get motivation, inspiration, and exclusive deals. So much of the stuff that you love coming to the show for can be right in your inbox. To sign up for that, text welcome to 732-HURDLER. That is 732-487-3537. Don't forget to check out the season seven giveaway over on the Hurdle Instagram at Hurdle Podcast. I'm over at Emily Abadi. And with that, let's get to hurdling. Hi, Emily. This is Hannah from Vancouver in BC, Canada. I am at a very busy point during the year with my line of work right now. And I know with what you do, you often find yourself working very long hours as well. I was wondering how you stay motivated when the job you love also takes up so much of your personal time. I'd love to hear uh, your answer. Thanks so much. For me, sometimes I think that beyond articulating your why and your purpose and knowing that we have the opportunity to do good in this world, the thing that keeps me motivated time in and time out is planning smart. So what I say by that is sometimes when you're putting in long hours and you're burning the candle at both ends, it is super, super easy to feel burnt out. And when I start to feel burnt out and like want to throw my hands up in the air, I know that that's not symbolic of the fact that I care about the work less. It's just me dealing with the feeling of that lack of balance, right? And so to find some more balance in my life, I start to 
give myself a little bit more structure than maybe I typically do, whether that's timed to-do lists throughout my day or even on, you know, the personal side of things as well, making sure that I'm calendaring in things that bring me joy with the people that I care about, including myself, right? So whether that's a solo dinner on a Tuesday night that I put into my calendar the week before, or setting aside a specific block of time to catch up with a girlfriend who maybe lives far away, I know that there are things on my joy list that I can schedule for myself in between all of this work and make it all happen in a way that makes me feel fulfilled. It's easier said than done at times, but again, planning ahead, putting it in your calendar, dedicating these moments of fulfillment both in work and in your personal life, uh, it can make a really big difference. Hi, Emily. This is Mindy from Bayville, New Jersey. And I'm calling to ask, um, as we both have running in common, have you ever felt the urge to kind of embark on a new sport besides running as much while you still love it. There's other things that you want to try. I know you've recently taken up cycling and, um, I agree it's fantastic as well, but are there any other sports out there besides running that really interest you, um, and would be a new adventure for you? I'm just curious. Have a great one. You know, you hit it on the head. I really find a lot of joy in cycling, and I think it's something that I could get a lot more into. I do think that the barrier with cycling is that unlike with running, which, you know, we do layer up and getting out in the winter is a little bit more difficult, the cycling community, at least it feels as though to me, really hibernates in the winter, which makes it hard to be like the thing that I choose constantly. I had a really fun, beautiful CrossFit phase like six or seven years ago. That was a really fun sport for me to get into. Beyond that, though, I have said for years that I do want to dedicate myself into being more diligent with my strength routine, especially right now as I'm navigating some wonkiness in my body leading up to hopefully doing both of these marathons. I am just reminded time and time again of the importance of incorporating that work into my regular routine. I know it as a coach. I know it as a trainer. And yet, Sometimes it takes these momentary setbacks of injury to remind us about just how important making time for strength training is. So uh, other sports, I mean, maybe I should get involved in an intramural league. Hit me up if you've got an invite. (laughs) But at the time, uh, it's cycling and running for me. Hi, Emily. My name is Casey, and I'm a hurdler in Chicago. I've been following along with you for a while now. I see a hardworking, strong, happy, and refreshingly honest woman running a wildly successful business and kicking butt in marathon training. Your workouts are definitely inspiring me as I train for the Chicago Marathon next month. My question for you this week is, when you look in the mirror, what do you see? Oh, I see what you did there. (laughs) Flipping my own script on me. Oh, you know... I always feel like in my heart some kind of way when I ask this question of my guests and they have a moment in reflection that can be a little bit emotional. And I have that same moment when I sit here and try to answer this question. I see a woman that has worked her ass off to build this community and hopes to keep building this community. I see a woman who's doing her best still so many years later to love her body for all that it provides her while 
still dealing with at times the residual effects that come hand in hand with going through a massive weight loss. I see a beautiful person who truly wants to do good. Like I know it so deeply in my soul that my goal is to help other people. And what I see there is what helps me keep pushing forward day after day when someone has something otherwise to say, right? Because it is so, you know, part of the gig that in putting myself out there, I open myself up at times to unsolicited feedback. And so when I look in the mirror, I have to know that my intentions are pure and my goals are legitimate and that I have the opportunity to help other people if I'm just willing to put in the work. I, above all, see a woman that I'm proud of and a woman who has so much more to give and such a big heart and wants so desperately not just to give love but to be loved in return. That's what I see. Hey, Emily. I'm training for my first marathon coming up this fall in Chicago. I'm excited about the big day, but every week that goes by, I can feel my body need the rest. What do you do when the miles and the time add up? Do you pull back? And if so, how do you learn how to give your body the rest it needs to finally make it to the start line? Listening to your body is really, really important. With that said, All marathon training programs, or I would say 99.9% of them, are designed with this in mind, right? They are built to help you accumulate mileage to get you to a place where you feel comfortable putting in the miles that are necessary to show up on race day and do good. With that said, it's important that you speak to a coach or a physical therapist, or a trainer who can help you better understand how to take care of your body in this time, especially as a new marathoner, right? Again, this is something you've never done before. It is a massive accomplishment. So recovery becomes more integral than ever. And this isn't just like finding yourself a pair of Normatech boots or using a hyper ice, right? This is recovery in your nutrition. This is recovery in your strength. Stress levels. This is the people that you're surrounding yourself with. So be really smart and intentional about how you continue on your journey, knowing that there is going to be a certain amount of opportunity cost and there's definitely going to be a certain amount of exhaustion. But if you handle it right and you talk to the right people, this is going to all pay off. You just got to believe. Hi, Emily. My name is Brittany, and I'm an avid hurdle listener. And my question is, how do you go about setting SMART goals for yourself? And I mean SMART, S-M-E-R-T, and given that you've accomplished so much, how do you push yourself to reach new heights? I feel like it's important for me just to say this because I sometimes get the vibe that y'all might think that I just have endless motivation. And it's here's, it's not endless. Like there are times that I am tired and fed up and literally like can't even bring myself to do a damn thing. But the way that I keep pushing is by setting these goals that are smart. And what we are referring to here, I know you've heard about me talking on the show, specific 
measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-bound by asking yourself if a goal fits into all of those categories when setting it for yourself. That is, I won't say a surefire, but you are much more likely to succeed in going after a goal when you have dissected it in this way to make it easier for yourself to hit the nail on the head. I always, you know, give this example when it comes to setting smart goals. If you're someone who sits at your desk uh, during the day and you're quote unquote bad at drinking water, I totally used to identify this way. If you set a goal to start drinking eight bottles of water a day, well, hate to break it to you, but that's not a smart goal, right? That although it is specific and measurable, uh, I would argue it's not attainable and it would be relevant because our bodies are made of a shit ton of water. So it's very important for you and it's time bound. But again, it's not attainable to go from zero to a hundred or zero to eight, so to speak in this sense, isn't something that's just going to happen in one day. What could happen in one day, however, is if you set the goal to drink maybe two bottles of water a day. You want to sit down at your desk at 9 a.m. and by the time you get up at 6 p.m., you will have drank two bottles. That seems a lot more manageable, right? So by setting smart goals, that's what helps me continue to go after new goals. And then in turn, when it comes to staying motivated, I would say that I continually go back to my why and my purpose, and I also have made it an effort to be open and honest with my friends off of social media about where I'm at and lean into their support when I truly feel like I need it. I would like to think I'm pretty self-sufficient, but I also believe that you need a good support network if you want to go far. If you want to go far, you go together, not alone. And so although, you know, hurdle, this is the thing that I am building, I truly believe that it is a community effort and that the community motivation is what keeps me coming back for more each and every day. So motivation found within community, within the support of my friends and within coming back to my why. That's how I keep going. Hey, um, what advice would you give to someone who's looking to travel internationally for the first time? Where should I go? What resources should I look to to get me started? And any other tips you have? Thanks. This is a great question. I actually have an entire episode on solo travel that I would love to recommend and refer you to. I'll link to it in the show notes with travel expert Jeanette Seha. But a few thoughts on traveling internationally that I'll share with you right now. And these thoughts, I know that COVID is a very real thing. So of course, there are certainly more things that you need to take into consideration when planning trips these days. But I would say my two biggest tips for international travel. One, really be organized before you go, especially, especially if you're going somewhere where you don't speak the language. You will never regret like over-researching your trip. And although I'm not the kind of person who really thinks you need like a 100% detailed itinerary, my go-to point of view is that you need to have one thing every day of your trip that is planned and you're really looking forward to. But knowing exactly where all the things on your agenda are, knowing exactly where your reservations are, having all of your tickets, perhaps, if they need to be printed out and not on mobile, like in your phone, although it still boggles my mind that anyone needs anything that's printed out anymore. But having these things planned ahead of time will be really helpful in lowering anxiety because, hey, you're on a vacation, but also like 
preventing any room for like maybe being take advantage, taken advantage of. So I say that in that if you're trying to book something last minute, prices could be higher. If there's a language barrier, that always adds a little extra level of difficulty. So really knowing your plan going into your trip and being detail oriented in that plan can be super helpful. And the last thing I want to say about international travel is if you're going to take the plunge, if you're going to go do it, then make sure you're going somewhere that you feel really excited about, right? Because just like setting a goal, if you set a goal that you just saw someone else do that you thought was cool, but you don't feel any personal passion or excitement toward this goal, then that's not the goal for you. Same with this trip. When I went on my first international solo trip, I went to Italy and I felt a deep burning excitement and passion about going there specifically. So do some inventory, ask yourself, what kind of trip are you really looking for? Do you want to be laying on a beach for hours? Do you want to be doing activities? Do you want to be actually really active and going on bike tours and hikes and stuff like that? Ask yourself what it is that you're looking for so that you can best choose the trip that's truly right for you. Hey, Emily, it's Molly from New Jersey here. I'm in the midst of training for my fifth or sixth half marathon and having such a hard time with these longer runs. I just constantly get in my head and can't stop myself from quitting and walking and just getting so defeated and frustrated. I could really use some advice on what to do to prepare myself for these longer runs, especially with this race coming up in less than a month. Thanks. Love your show. I just want to throw into the mix that whether you're training for your first or your hundredth marathon, half marathon, 5K, mile, whatever, everyone feels this way at some point. So find some some happiness, some like welcoming, some community in that, right? Like even the top of the top, the elite runners, the Dezes, the Mollies, the Shalanes, like everyone has these moments where they're like, my motivation is waning. What am I doing? Et cetera. Okay, cool. Glad that we've established that. When it comes to finding the motivation, though, because it is within you, two things that I will say. One, you've got to scrap this idea that walking is the evil, right? Walking doesn't have to be the evil. And in fact, it's probably one of the most important tools in your runner's toolbox. When you need to regroup, you need to take a moment. There is nothing wrong with, I will say, technically slowing down your pace to a walk. But Take advantage of the walk. Let yourself come back to yourself. Take a deep breath. Have that moment. It's cool. Stop making the walk the devil of your running routine. Cool. Glad we've established that as well. The second thing that I will say is believing that you can. Like it starts with that inner dialogue. It starts by flipping the switch. I don't believe in toxic toxic positivity, excuse me, but what I do believe is that we are a result of the way that we talk to ourselves and we are the person that talks to ourselves the most in any given day. So ask yourself, like, what is that conversation like? How are you navigating the way that you're speaking to yourself? Could you have a little bit more compassion? And remembering, in this journey to celebrate the small wins. Like maybe that longer run didn't go exactly how you hoped, but it was the longest that you've ever run. Or maybe in that longer run, you had a five-minute period where running for the first time in months felt truly effortless. And how amazing is that? That it could feel that way, that you did that thing. So make sure that you're hyping yourself up, 
that it starts with you, that that dialogue is skewing positive and that you're taking time to celebrate the small wins and keep going because you can. You just have to believe that you can. Hi, Emily. I'm just wondering if you have any tips on dealing with burnout, just kind of the best ways that I can maybe be a little bit more organized or more grounded or just more mindful of my time and just really deal with all of the things I have going on, but also still keep taking care of myself. Man, burnout, the topic of 2021. Well, in addition to what I said before, the good news is that you are well on your way to navigating burnout already. So often we pretend that everything is fine when inside we literally feel like we are absolutely dying. And the truth is, is that you're not alone in feeling this way. We all feel this way from time to time. And in order to navigate it, the first step, again, is admitting it. I have an episode that I'm going to link in the show notes with a ton of tips when it comes to navigating burnout. But first and foremost, admit it. And then my next tip is being very realistic about the things that you're trying to get done in your day. If you are making a to-do list with 20 things on it and there's absolutely zero chance that you're actually going to be able to get all of those 20 things done, then reevaluate. Have some grace with yourself. The last thing that any of us need is to be made to feel like we're not doing good enough and we are the person that is putting that pressure on ourselves. So in the morning, when you sit down, make a realistic to-do list with less items on it. You will feel so good come the end of the day when you see that you're actually checking this stuff off. And of course, a little self-care goes a long way. So it doesn't hurt to have something to look forward to at the end of your workday. Hello, Emily. This is Alex from Virginia. And my question is, with podcasting, how do you balance keeping it fun while also taking it seriously and knowing that it's you know one of your kind of full-time jobs thanks a bunch you know when i first started hurdle i think that i began it with the intention of just something to do to have fun and when it was on a bi-weekly cadence it was totally a side project and i had a lot of fun learning about who i was who I wanted to interview, and what my goals were with this project. As it became more of, let's say, my full-time thing, what I began to realize is that, yes, I have made this thing that I can have a lot of fun with my job, right? And the way that it stays fun while also being a pretty strong balance of effort and work, a ton of work, as you can imagine, goes into producing this, Um, The way that it stays fun for me is by continuing on my mission, knowing who I'm trying to talk to, what I'm trying to do, and exactly who I'm trying to help, which I think is really, really important. The last thing I will say, and I talk to anyone I coach with one-on-one about my three columns rule, over the last few years, I've had the opportunity to sit down and articulate what are the things in my three columns, so to speak. There's column A, column B, column C, column A is what are the things that I do in my job that I absolutely love? Column B is what are the things that I do in my job that I'm cool with, I don't mind, but they're not in column A. And column C is this is the stuff that I would rather not do at all. I'm so over it. No, thank you. 
And the thing I realized is that I have it in my power as a contractor, not just a podcaster. I'm talking about Emily, the journalist, Emily, the writer, Emily, the podcaster, Emily, the host, Emily, the person who has some sort of a social media presence. What are the things about all of those roles that I enjoy versus the things that I don't? And how can I work hard so that I can get rid of a lot of things that I have felt in the past obligated to in column C. This is an exercise I would recommend for all of you at any time. I digress. By eliminating a lot of the C, I've learned how to enjoy my job more and focus on the things that I feel like I'm really talented and really good at. Does that mean that there aren't things in my day-to-day that I wish that maybe I wasn't doing? Not necessarily, but there are a lot less things now that I do just to, for instance, make a quick dollar Uh, than I used to. And that's really, really empowering and exciting. That's it for now. That's all she wrote. Thank you so much, everyone, for your questions. Again, if you have anything else that you would love for me to answer, I would love for you to ask it. Head on over to the show notes, click leave me a voice message, and I will answer it in an upcoming episode. Thanks so much for your support this week. You're the best. Another hurdle conquered. Catch you guys next time.